Broadcasting from the commodity capital of the world, Zurich, Switzerland, this is Insider's Guide to Energy. This edition to Insider's Guide to Energy is brought to you by Fidectus. Go to www.fidectus.com for more information. Welcome to the new mini-series, Next Generation Energy Leaders, by the podcast Insider's Guide to Energy. My name is Luca, and I will be um, your host for today. Chris and I, um, we talked about this project that we saw online called Solar Energy Races, and that really got me interesting. So we had one of our producers, Leah, um, she got in touch with an engineer um, who's actually part of such a team at the Solar Energy Races. And um, this episode really gets me excited because from our pre-call, um, I had the impression that our guest is uh, very knowledgeable when it comes to, to the tech technology of, of, of these uh, solar cars. And I'm really looking forward to learning how these things are actually built from one of the builders himself. Um, so without further ado, let me introduce you to Damian Korbler. Damian, welcome to the program. Yeah, Luca, thanks for having me. Very, very cool to have you. So maybe um, I've already mentioned the solar energy races, but maybe tell the audience a bit what you do, where you come from. Yeah. Yeah, so my name's Damian Korbler. I'm from Switzerland, St. Gallen in to be uh, specific, well, I work at Bühler and in my free time, I'm part of the solar energy racers team. So, yeah, I do most of the electronics there. That's very exciting. So maybe just talking about Bühler, that's not actually an energy company, is it? No, uh, Bühler is a company which is mostly in the food industry, but it has also other other parts. So. For instance, if you've uh, eaten some bread or rice today, there is a good chance that it has been produced on one of the machines that we've built and sold to a customer. Okay. And what is it at Bühler that um, that you do, like apart from the solar energy races, um, what's the electronics part that you, that you work on at Bühler? Yeah, so what I do at Bühler is I'm working in a place called Makerspace. So it's a rapid prototyping area. So if somebody has an idea, instead of doing like a whole process that takes months or even years, we just quickly, like in a week or two, build a rapid prototype to test things out before like investing thousands or, or millions of dollars. So even from these rapid prototypes that can be hardware or software, we can yeah get many many infos and many ideas out that help us in in the later process that is so cool so is is, is how big is your team and, and and what does your like daily work life look like in that case yeah we are a relatively small team so we are it's a bit uh, difficult to say but mostly we are five people because we have uh, apprentices that change out like every three or four months. So we're three full-time employees and two or three apprentices. And how, how is it? So, so, so this is your day job, basically. How did you become part of this solar energy races exactly? Yeah, so that was actually a cool coincidence. So um, in my childhood, I was always uh, the kind of guy who 
they're built crazy things like uh, an electric scooter, for instance. I have uh, built one like 10 years ago before everyone was uh, driving them. And so in your free time? In my free time, yeah. Like as a 10 or 12-year-old. Okay. And so people in, in the, the neighborhoods that I lived in, the, most of them would know me or at least have seen me like driving this uh, out in the street or also with RC cars or RC planes, drones. And so I have a neighbor that also works at Bülow. Uh My neighbor reached out to me and asked me if I, if I would be in to also help them build the solar car. And so that's how I got into the team. That is very, very cool. Maybe um, for our audience as well, we've been talking about these uh, solar cars now. Um, can you quickly explain what exactly it is and, and what's up with these contests that happen around these solar cars? Yeah, so the, the solar car itself is a, an extremely lightweight and extremely aerodynamic vehicle. So it's all like racing mode, carbon fiber, and a lot of newest technology. So the car weighs only yeah, about 160 or 170 kilograms without the driver. So it's very light. It's a one-seater. It is actually pretty impractical in normal life. But it's uh, just really, it just doesn't take much power to drive it. And so the goal then is to drive at the races. Well, there are different races, but um, mostly driving with uh, less power than other teams and getting further or getting to the destination quicker than other teams. As you said, you, you have this solar car and we, we're going to get to the technology and, and components of it. But, but the solar race, is it, I, I presume you have a destination and somewhere you start. What are the distances and where in the world do you have these contests? Yes, yeah, so there are uh, different types of races. So the most well-known is the, the World Solar Challenge in Australia because uh, Australia has got uh, so much sun. So there, the race is just to get from the north of Australia in Darwin down to the south in Adelaide, so crossing the whole continent. So that is uh, 3,022 kilometers. So it takes a solar car team about four to five days to reach this destination. But there are also other races, like, for instance, uh, Solder in, in Belgium. That is a 24-hour race. So there the aspect of solar, like you could imagine, in the night there is no sun. So there you are allowed to recharge the vehicle. So you just drive and have a bit of additional power from the sun, but uh, the sun is not so strong in Belgium. So it's mostly uh, with recharging from, from the main power. And... There is also or there are also races in like the Middle East, North Africa, and in South Africa there is also. So, to what races have you already been? Where where were you part of already? Yes, yeah, so I was in uh, in 2019 at the World Solar Challenge. So uh, we drove from uh, Darwin to Adelaide, but we unfortunately didn't manage to get down to Adelaide. Because we had a battery fault, like after 2,600 kilometers. But um, 
you need to know that for the, like the race in the World Solar Challenge, that is the hardest race of all. And so basically everyone that makes it to the finish line is also a winner. And the ones who make it quicker than others, those are the ones that get first. So that's basically what the, the officials from the race say themselves, because it's normal for the World Solar Challenge that the teams, like only half of them make it to the finish line. And well, I've also been to Belgium, the 24-hour race that was last year in 2021. And you finished that one? Yeah, I mean, there is a round course. It's not like from A to B. And so you just drive laps on, on the solar circuit. So I think it's about four kilometers a lap. I think pretty exactly. And we made 250 laps, so about a thousand kilometers. And is that always with the same driver? No, no, of course not. Um, yeah, the drivers, they change out regularly. So, for instance, in Belgium, drivers need to change every two hours. And I think in Australia, it's also like every two or three hours. Because in Australia, particularly, it's pretty hard for the drivers because it just goes straight all the time. And so you get tired as a driver. And uh, yeah, just uh, the fatigue is enormous there. And so we don't want to drive the car off the road because the driver is asleep. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So is, is in Australia, I, at the end of a day, of a sunny day, um, how much battery capacity is left and how long into the night can you then still drive? Yeah, so that's actually, that is, uh, there are regulations that tell you how or when to drive. So it's always like in you start in Darwin with a full battery. So you are at 100% battery capacity and you just drive the car like, I think it's um, until 5 p.m., you are allowed to drive, then you just stop wherever you are. So actually, actually you are allowed to overdo like 10 minutes. So you can drive until 10 past five, but um, the third or the longer you drive, you, you need to wait these uh, minutes at the next morning. So the next morning you are allowed to start at eight o'clock in the morning. And so the rest of the time, like from 5 p.m. until sunset, you are allowed to charge, but not drive. So we just like adjust the panel into the sun to gain as much energy as we can. And also in the morning, it's the same. So the battery is like, we try to, because we know in five days we want to finish, and so we just try to be about 80% battery capacity at the end of the first day, 60% at the end of the second day, so we can finish with 0% in the battery. That makes sense. That's so cool. So, so let's, get, let's get a little bit deeper on this technology side. Maybe take me through um, the components of this car. It obviously has wheels and you said carbon fiber, but what else is needed for, for this solar car? Yeah, so you have the, the obvious parts that, yeah, like in a normal car, you have wheels. So um, until this year, you were forced to have four wheels. Now this year, you're allowed to have only three wheels. Again, I think they banned that in, I think, 10 years ago or so. But now we are allowed to have three wheelers again. 
Then we obviously have like a chassis, um, some shocks, but um, then the, the big part is the electrical system. So you have a motor that is driving your wheel, but that is only, it's only one motor at one wheel. So it's, it's a hub motor. So you don't have a transmission like in a normal car. You have, I think it's like in the, the electric, like the e-bikes where you have the motor in the back wheel. It's basically the same principle. So we have just one wheel that is spin driven. And then we have a motor controller that uh, can adjust the speed of the motor and the torque and all of that. Then we have a battery so that we can continue driving in the night or if there is a cloud. We have got a solar collector. So it's four meters or four square meters of solar area. And the, the charging is controlled by MPPT chargers, so maximum power point trackers that adjust the voltage and the, the current of the panels so that you have the maximum power. And those feed their power then into the battery. And I think that's basically what we have, yeah. That's very interesting. So you said you have um, torque on one wheel. What's the advantage to having to trans to the transmission uh, version? Is it just weight? It's uh, weight is one factor, but there's also there's a basic rule of thumb: is the bigger the motor, the more efficient it is. And so, if you you could use a transmission to drive like the two back wheels with one motor. But the transmission transmission is a pure waste of of power because you have some power loss across the transmission, and so the advantage of driving only one wheel versus like two motors in in the back two wheels is just the efficiency that is higher. But um, it was possible in like in the last car that we built that had uh, four wheels. There, you you noticed it as a driver that if you accelerated, that the car would uh, turn a bit on one side, or if you would brake with the motor, then it would uh, turn to the other side. So that was something that uh, the drivers needed to know. But this time, um, we have two wheels in the front and only one wheel in the back, and so the torque is basically coming in in the right place in the middle of the car. Okay, that's very, very interesting. And I'm, I presume, so your whole system is your whole system DC based. It is DC based. So it's um, like obviously the battery when it's full, it has a higher voltage, but it's a span from about 80 volts to 120 volts, uh, more or less. And um, yeah, 100 volts DC nominal um, power. And so, like, the only part that is AC is after the motor controller because it converts the, the DC to, yeah, modulated DC slash AC that is then used by the motor. So for the battery, um, can you quickly, um, it's, I presume it's lithium-ion? It is. And uh, what capacity does the battery have? And... How, what's like the peak power of the solar panels, just to, to, if you have the numbers? Yeah, so the, the peak power of the solar collector, that is depending on the sun, but at max we have about 1,100 or 1,200 watts. 
So a bit over one kilowatt. So with four square meters. And so the, the power of the battery or the capacity of the battery that is regulated by the, the regulations of each race. But it's basically on all races, you are allowed to have 20 kilograms of cell weight. And with the current lithium ion technology, you get to almost five kilowatt hours. Cool. Um, if say you start in the morning, can you then basically run fully on, on only solar power? I presume not. You, you are using some of the battery, obviously. How much of, of the battery can you, can you recharge during a whole day with, with the power of the sun? Yeah, so that is actually a, a, a whole field for itself, the race strategy. Okay. <laughs> so that's, um, yeah, in races like Australia, that is, it's pretty a uh, difficult task to make because you need to know so many factors like the weather, wind, um, the elevation that you have on each day, like what are the conditions of the road, stuff like that. But um, it's basically, it's that in the morning you are, um, when you stand still, when you're not driving, then you try to charge the battery a bit, like on the early, the early rays of the sun. Then at eight o'clock you drive. And then of course you need a bit more power from the battery to sustain the speed that you want. But in the, like at noon at 12 o'clock, yeah, we get about yeah, 11 or 1200 watts in, and then we can charge the battery up a bit. But um, there's also, there are control stops. I think in Australia, there are about nine control stops where you need to wait for 30 minutes. And there you are allowed to charge. And so when you then adjust the panels at these control points, you get 12 or sometimes 1300 watts in. And so there you can charge the battery to drive like in, in the evening. And the control stops, they're there for the chase and lead vehicles because you need to drive in a convoy. So you always have like one normal gasoline car in the front, then the solar car, and one normal gasoline car in the back. And because they need to refill their tanks, you have these control stops. But apart from the control stops, do you usually drive the whole day? So is there no point other than the control stops where you... That is the, the goal of each team to drive the whole day. Because at the end, um, having a constant speed is uh, better than having like a higher speed, but draining your battery and then need to, to drive on the side to recharge. But that's mainly because of the aerodynamics, because yeah. the, the resistance of the air is um, a lot higher at like 90 kilometers an hour than 70. And so it's uh, favorable to drive at a constant speed. So you talked about your your um, battery mishap that you had in Australia. Maybe uh, tell us what happened there exactly. Yeah, so that was uh, that is actually a good question <laughs> because we are um, under today what it was. It was the battery management system, the BMS. So you need to have one that um, the purpose of it is that it would. Um, surveil the, the whole battery, like all the currents, all the voltages of each cell, 
And if there is anything wrong, it needs to shut down the battery. And so we've had that it shut down our battery and we didn't, we didn't know what was the cause for the shutdown. It gets pretty hot in Australia, right? Do you have, did you, how did you cool your battery? How did that work? Was it just air cooling or how, how did you do this? Yeah, the battery is entirely cooled by the air. So it has a, like two fans on top that the battery management system controls. And so it has temperature sensors. And if it rises like above 40 degrees, it will cool the batteries. But um, the batteries is actually not the, the problem where the heat is uh, doing the most uh, difficulties. That's uh, for the drivers because um, you don't have an air conditioning in there because you would just use power and uh, be a loss uh, in weight. And so you don't have air conditioning and it can get hot like in a sauna in these cars if you're driving them in the sun. I'm comparing uh, Bühler's um, solar car with others. Um, are there any, I don't know, so software or hardware components that really stick out or that are different in what you do compared to others? There, um, when we were there in the, at the World Solar Challenge in 2019, there was a big difference between like our car and the car of the top teams because they had some space-grade gallium arsenide solar cells that are normally used on satellites or like the ISS. And so they cost, I don't know how much, but pretty much they're not usable like for any uh, big scale thing. But yeah, for this purpose, they they have that. And we just, yeah, financially, we, we couldn't afford them. Like many teams, there were about, yeah, I think only seven, seven or eight teams that had this gallium arsenide but they have an efficiency of about 37% compared to the about 22% that the silicon solar cells, the normal ones have. But they were only allowed to have two and a half square meters. But um, so like this, the calculation works out that you have about the same power input, but with only a two and a half square meter solar collector, the car is a lot smaller and lighter. Okay. So yeah. that was that was one of the big difference. Another small difference is that some teams had a variable field um, motor, where they could okay. slide in and out the motor windings to get some higher top speed. And so those are about the the differences that there are. That is that's very, very interesting. Um, thank you so much for, for sharing um, all these insights. Um, maybe what's, what motivates, I mean, this, you're doing this in your free time. Um, what's, and, and that's a question that we ask uh, all our guests on this mini series. What motivates you to do this? I mean, this is, as I said, this is in your free time and, and you're spe uh, spending here blood and sweat. Um, why, 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 why do you do this? Um, because it's fun. <laughs> it, uh, it is tremendously fun. Also being together as a team of like 10 or 15 people, it's kind of a good size and all the peoples are from a technical background. So you can have great discussions about this. And also if you 
you're working at, with this car like for one or two years. And if you can do the first driving then or also drive it yeah, in Solar or in Australia, that's it's a great feeling. And it also, like, I hope that some of the technology that is developed during the races can be used in other fields. So that is a, a cool feeling. Yeah, that's nice. And also what we, we, we also always ask is, so you've been on this team for quite some time now. Um, you've been doing these um, electronic works. What guidance would you give, I don't know, to your few years younger self or someone coming up? Um, what recommendations do you have generally on, on career choice? Yeah, so for me as an, as an engineer, I think that's a pretty cool field to work in because you are able to solve problems. And so that is a great thing to do. But um, I think there's also, there's something going on with innovations today. So it's really difficult also for us here at Bühler to know what is like a real innovation because an innovation, like it doesn't mean putting flat screens on, on something or coming out with an app, but um, innovation should be solving problems from other people that they have in, I don't know what industry, but just to be able to solve their problems for them. And some of the solutions may include flat screens or apps, but some of them may not. Sometimes the solutions are, are pretty simple but have a big impact on, on the daily life of people. Thank you very much for sharing um, your experiences with us. Um, yeah, we're coming to an end. It's been a great pleasure hosting you. Thank you very much, Damien. Thank you, Luca. My pleasure. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing what Bühler and what you, how you're performing at the next solar races uh, in the future. And for our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. And remember to like and subscribe to our show. And we're looking forward to talking to you soon. Thank you and goodbye.